0: Why, thank you Garfield, dog food, quick, give me something to drink, hot sauce, I'm burning up, glug glug glug, goldfish water, antidote, antidote, ah, anchovies, this could go on for days.
1: I'll say. Uh, this is Project A I'm Hunter, your name is Heal. You it's really it's really hot in New York right now.
0: What's the temperature like in Melbourne? So today the maximum temperature is fifteen. It's partly cloudy. It's quite sunny at the moment. Mm. I'm I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit, but that's pretty tolerable.
1: Yeah, today I was brushing against the the nineties in Fahrenheit. It was also really humid. I think that's like thirty something. That's over thirty, I think. Yeah, yeah but I'm, I mean I'm from the south, so I'm like used to have pretty humid temperatures, but. Mm. unpleasant to say this and i do do like a lot of walking around today
0: and i was so fucking sweaty it was so annoying i'm gonna die now on this episode of project A plus we will be looking at or surveying with our robot eyes the film i am mother wait you're mother
1: are you a robot
0: yes i'm a robot uh as you can tell by my monotonous intonation
1: I can't tell. Yes, a robot but... wouldn't
0: have stumbled over that uh, the, that gag. Uh, I am mother. Well, but
1: that's actually not true because the robot in "I Am Mother" has a bad. Be- uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> <it's been. laughs> it also has gray hair. I
0: am mother. I am, I mother. am mother. I am really we'll doing to me, yeah. "I Am Mother." What is what is "I Am Mother"? You cry. Why, it's a movie. Netflix-distributed prestige science fiction classic, future classic.
1: It's a movie that was made for our podcast. Yes,
0: exactly. And we will also be looking at, uh, a, in many ways, a companion piece to the <laughs> film I <by> Am <her> Mother. <laughs> a 1966 Soviet film directed by Ukraine's own Larissa Shapitko. I am mother and wings. Let's start with I am mother. I am mother. I am mother.
1: I am mother. I am butter. I am mother. I am butter. I am mother. 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 I am mother.
0: I am Alright, well, guess what I didn't write a summary
1: for I am mother. Correct. You know, I was really, I really thought about not doing a summary for week, so.
0: (laughs) I mean, I did write some notes about the film um, and stuff like that. And I intended to wake up at an appropriate time this morning in order to knock together a quick summary.
1: But you didn't. But alas,
0: somehow my alarm didn't uh, trigger me to wake. What a shame. I I don't know if it went off at all, in fact, but whatever. I wasn't going to write especially much about this.
1: It's not not a movie that has really a lot to it. No,
0: I'm going to not even look at the Wikipedia page. Wow, I'm so impressed. So you're going to have to chime in and correct me at various junctures. Hey, Will. So the film I Am Mother, it's a Netflix film. I am going to go back to the Wikipedia page to see who directed it. Someone called Grant Sputor, (laughs) who has Uh, no blue link to indicate his own Wikipedia page. I I bet he's Australian i think he's a green australian director yes i believe so he was born in perth australia and i'm assuming the screenplay by michael lloyd green also not highlighted in blue is also he's a fellow oz a fellow australian this is an australian american co-production yeah but it was filmed in australia yes yeah, so directed by grant sputor <laughs> i am mother mother <laughs> You gotta start singing that Danzig
1: song. <laughs> it's a. Uh,
0: Mother. It's a. It's a science fiction film, and it takes place at some unspecified point in the future. No, yeah, I think it was specified, but whatever. I, no, I don't it, remember. It's in the future. There's some text overlay that says. It's like twenty thirty six. Six million. No, you know what? I don't think it is specified actually. And we're in this. We're in this underground bunker slash laboratory, and there's this. And there's you know we've seen text saying. There's no humans left on planet Earth. There's been some sort of cataclysmic, apocalyptic event. Yeah, yeah. It's all a wasteland above there. This is a, a safe bunker underground somewhere, or, or, or I don't know. We don't know. Um, there's, this, uh, there's this robot dude called Mother wandering about, and uh, it, uh, it goes to this uh, library of embryonic data, What's that, it's not, it's not a
1: data, it's just a bunch of embryos I don't know,
0: whatever, if they're actual embryos or I don't know
1: It's not you actually embryos, you see like the little fucking
0: embryos yeah, well, I don't know, thingamajigs Embryos? I mean, yeah, don't I, mean, I
1: don't know I don't know what the, the appropriate uh, term is to refer to this specific uh, part data. of the human life <laughs> the cycle. Data. It's not data
0: You heard it here uh, good, 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 uh, so she good. she withdraws a little card of embryo or something it's like in this contained in this little uh, little container. baby yeah and uh not she I should call it it it's it's, it's the robot god damn it
1: <laughs> and, it's mother
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it uh, decides to grow this embryo and the embryo grows into a, a little girl uh-huh his name is what Daughter. He's played by Carla Rugard. Clara Rugard. That's what I said. There's two A's, so you have to really lean on the second syllable. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. He makes. No, not he. It. She? It's not even the right gender if I was going to give it a gender. But uh, <clears throat> it. The robot, the mother robot, makes Clara Rugard out of an embryo. I mean, I mean, Wikipedia calls it a she, so... Uh, so the mother, the mother, uh, the mother makes Clara Rugard. <laughs> this is going well, this is going so well. <laughs> I make you actress. And uh, the little girl grows up to be Clara thought <laughs> <laughs> She yeah. makes
1: Clara Rugard.
0: And, uh, you know, they have a, they, they have a good time... Uh, Mother spends spends it slash her time uh, training the child by giving her stern examinations in stuff. And uh, daughter, meanwhile, spends her time watching old uh, Late Night with Johnny Carson videos (laughs) videos <laughs> which is basically what basically you do <laughs> i like the idea that in the future when there's so much media behind you before this this apocalyptic event that you would go all the way back to the tonight show
1: <laughs> but i mean like, a- you
0: think the barrier to entry is even greater to like appreciate something mm. from that particular era when you've got like modern day talk shows
1: well well i think i could explain it uh as there probably maybe were copyright laws about it or
0: something <laughs> They should have made their own talk show <laughs> that, <laughs> t- that takes place after the present date, but before the apocalypse. That would have been great. No, it's like the Star Trek problem.
1: Mm. in that the only thing is that they reference her. Are... Yeah. When they listen to
0: music and yeah. stuff. Yeah.
1: It's never like future music, except for in the original series sometimes.
0: Yeah. So that, they're going along and doing their thing. Right. Um, the, the robot prevents the, the little girl from, or don't say so little anymore. She's grown up. The young woman. From uh, leaving the bunker because it's dangerous out there, you know there's chemicals in the air, it's not safe, so she's stuck forever down here yeah um and there's you know there's a there's a vague plan to begin reviving the entire human species, yeah, but uh Clara Rugard is kind of a test case. Um, to sort of set the foundations and make sure that the mother can do her thing properly. Or so it seems. So it seems. And then they're going to get, you know, she's going to get a little brother and then the rest of the human race will follow after that at some point. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the established premise. Um, but into this idyllic Eden, <laughs> B- <laughs> this is heat in With one robot and a little girl. Uh, I like my turn of phrase better, I have to say. We get uh, a, a stranger coming in to disrupt the what? harmony, and the stranger is the actress Hilary Swank.
1: Yes, Hilary Swank comes in and is like, I've got a role of the lifetime
0: for you, mother. She knocks on the door, <laughs> and uh, uh, Clara Rugard lets her in against the wishes of mother, or uh, without mother knowing at least. Yeah. Initially. And uh, she's been let in. <laughs> I remembered why I write these down. <laughs> and then Hilary Swank comes and like, you know, she's like, no, like, mother's wrong. Like, there's other people out there. You know, she's lying to you. It's lying to you. And there's also all the robots out there are evil and they're murdering us. And I don't trust this mother robot. Ah, what are we going to do? So that's the, the setup, right? And then it, moral conjury. What's going to happen? It goes on from there. That's the film, Mother. Okay. Now. Now I can Hunter. talk about the now I can talk about the thing I wanted to talk about. Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. I am Mother. Were you sufficiently charmed by this 2019 Netflix thing by Netflix?
1: You know, Hugh. That's a really interesting question, but uh, I think I'm going to withhold my really um, well phrased as well. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very great. It's just really eloquent. Thank the you. The work of a true genius. But I'm gonna I'm gonna withhold telling you my feelings about the film. Uh, I also
0: haven't had breakfast. I just want the listeners to know that.
1: Well, I I, hey, buy your own short, choose eat, my
0: friends. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying it's your fault. It's my fault. It's all my fault. It is
1: everything's your fault. It's what my therapist keeps telling me. You should you should get another therapist. But
0: anyway, (laughs) this is (laughs) would be good if like a therapist did just do that. Like yeah, yeah, you're so terrible. Yeah, you're the worst. It's on you. I'm (laughs) sorry. That persecution complex you oh, yeah. think you, you have. You, it's
1: real. It's real. You, you are, are trash. <laughs> anyway, so you skipped over a very important part of the in your post synopsis. While very good, it widened a detail that I, I think is crucial. It was very good. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Which that, is during uh, the sequence where Mother begins to raise Carl Rudgund to. Clara. Carl. 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 Uh, to adulthood Um, the song Moon River plays briefly okay now (laughs) being a child of the early 2000s the song Moon River is indelibly linked between uh, indelibly uh, indelibly linked between between me and a certain animated television show do you know what animated television show I'm referring to I say this Sailor time? Moon? No, Sailor Moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's The Simpsons <laughs> because there's uh. an episode where they go on a road trip to, uh, I believe it's Nashville, somewhere in Tennessee, anyway, uh, and at one point, uh, Nelson forces Bart and Milhouse and other kids who are on this road trip. To stop and watch someone play Moon River, and that moment stuck with me for all time. So there that's you go. like a
0: shitty Letter Day Simpsons episode as well. No, 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 it's not. Even a... It's not. <laughs> that's not true. It's a classic it one. It's not. That's not a classic it's episode. It's It is. No, what series is that? It's like thirteen or something. No, it's not. It's like ten or eleven. It's not. Right? It's not. <laughs> It's definitely not in the first eight series. It's season seven, you fuck. Oh, is it? Yeah. Suck my dick, it's Knoxville. Oh, my God. It's a good one, though. Hang on, what's the What's the central premise of the episode? I just gave it aside to from, you. <laughs> aside from that, what happens? Um, I don't remember that in season seven. Well,
1: it ha- it's there. I remember the
0: episode, but I thought, maybe, is it just a bad episode? No, it's a good one. <laughs> okay.
1: It's one that stuck with me they go to the dome but it's filled with wigs it's a great episode i do remember the road trip
0: that the kids all go on yeah because they
1: nelson they make a fake driver's license they rent a car
0: but yeah i've associated that with latter-day simpsons maybe because it is bad no it's a good one the cracks did start to show in season, season
1: why don't you watch it right now and we'll see who's right all right it's called bart on the road Anyway, so um I am Other. What did you think about I Mother, Hugh? No, I ask you that. Oh. Uh I thought it was unenjoyable. What did you think about it? Fuck off. <laughs> what? No way. <laughs> I I didn't enjoy a generic sci fi movie made by <laughs> Netflix?
0: No way. Come on, it's Australian. You have to you have to like Boost your reading a little bit to compensate. There's
1: no one... There, besides Rose Byrne, <laughs> there's no one Australian in
0: it. It was made by Australians. So what? And Rose Byrne's in it. So, a third of the cast <sighs> and the director and screenplay are by Australians. And it a was filmed in Australia. A fourth of the class
1: of the cast. With
0: some Australian money. A
1: fifth of the cast.
0: <clears throat> Did I like this film? Yeah. No.
1: It, it has some moments that I think are okay.
0: Uh, this is a symptom of the problems with Netflix' production model. Yes. Again, so this is, this is the, the type of thing that we've become way too familiar with over the course of this podcast, which is something that shows some promise. Yeah. Um, I think there's a germ of something here that could be a lot better than it ended up being, and it just ends up being blank. If say
1: it was a twenty minute minute episode of a fifties television series, for instance. Mm. Instead of an hour and how many minutes it was like forty something? Uh
0: nearly two hours. Ugh. Two hours too long. Five minutes shy of two hours. Um but like I mean this 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 has some things going for it, but the, yeah. the overall effect is blah, essentially. It's certainly better than
1: like a non. Yeah. Which is a worthless film
0: Yeah, like that has like elements of like outright trashy bad decision making (laughs) nonsense This just seems like it does what it's supposed to do but in a like a bland boring dull way.
1: But what this reminded me more of anything was the Netflix series Black Mirror This could well have been a Black Mirror episode In that it had some decent production design, maybe an interesting idea or two but ultimately it was just bad and incoherent I think unless i'm supposed to take uh the the political slant that is suggested seriously in which case, i don't know if i support this movie morally
0: so i th- i think that yeah a- as you suggested the the production design is is what this film has going for it yes um especially because uh most of this film takes place in the bunker which i'm sure there's some some cgi to yeah to help the perspective and stuff but it's minor if it is. It yeah. feels like a genuine bunker and the m- more importantly the central robot figure is entirely practical as in it's a person in a robot suit. <laughs> yeah. Just like um, I am. And I do I do commend uh that decision to go down that route especially because mother is a central character and if it was a CGI creation it would have been awful. Yes, that's true. If it were a Okia. Uh... That being said, I think the design suffers a little bit by having to accommodate a human body.
1: Mm, that's true.
0: It does, it does credibly resemble the type of robot design that is currently practiced in 2019, which I appreciated. It does actually seem to follow on from the types of robot prototypes we've actually seen in the world. Yes. Um, except it seems more ungainly and a little bit too chunky. Yeah, for and sure. And I think they should have actually used a couple of green screen patches throughout the suit to give the illusion that a human body could not be inside, even if it was just like a hole somewhere. Or to thin the legs or something like that. I think maybe that would have improved it a little bit, but it is not a bad uh costume for somebody by Wetter Workshop. The person who designed it is wearing the suit as well.
1: Yeah, but I do think I do think one of the flaws with this is that you know, you've got to touch on this because it looks so ungainly doesn't ever really feel threatening at all so no kind of dissipates a lot of the atmosphere of the film seems to be wanting to generate
0: and I guess it, it, so it's no, it's going to be no shock to anyone when we say that this seemingly benign motherly robot turns out to be something more malevolent
1: no he was making it was making like a new humanity okay, I think we could all support that
0: going from 2001's portrayal of, of a benign robot that turns malevolent yeah which was so definitive that essentially everything else that has attempted that since comes across as really hollow and ineffective. Yeah, it's for a, it's sure. so, so pristinely done in 2001. So iconically done that it's just dull. Every time someone attempts something similar, I think the only exception I could think of, and it's slightly different is like the Android in the original alien film. Mm. I think yeah. that was interesting.
1: Yeah, I agree. Cause it has a much different effect than, because the the, the road in that is like sinister, but it's never like it never like ma- malfunctions, you know. Makes everyone gets fucking you know decapitated or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know that movie this reminded me of mm. a little film called Moon. Uh, yes, from our favorite um, filmmaker uh, uh, Duncan. Jones. Duncan Jones. That's it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> saying Ryan Johnson. I'm fucking dying <laughs> right now. <laughs>
0: It does, it does make Moon look better by comparison. It does. That is true.
1: <sighs>
0: so yeah, so that's the central uh, dramatic arc of, arc of this film, is, is,
1: is this robot good turning out not to be bad. what it seems
0: and when what it's told, the daughter turns out to be not correct and there's this sinister so,
1: But this sort of like points plot. to the problem with movies like this in general, which is that if you've seen any other science fiction film about a robot... You know how it's gonna turn out. So why bother giving us this like whole like, you know, pushback from it, you know? Like why why bother being
0: ambiguous at the beginning at all? And that's the thing, so like leaving that aside, which is a whole chunk of this film, what what does that give us? Um I think we have a a, a fairly strong central performance by Clara Rugard. Ooh,
1: I, I do not agree, actually. I thought she was,
0: I thought I thought she she was did incredibly, incredibly annoying. I, I actually didn't mind her performance. Ooh, I thought she was, well, we could, uh, she was decent. But other I don't, than that... I don't, I, don't, I don't agree with you at all. Other than that point of contention between us, um, what, what else does that leave? Uh, the ideas, not particularly interesting. No. <laughs> um, and that's the thing that really needs to drive a low-key science fiction story. Yeah. And uh, I guess we have that practical effects atmosphere, which does serve the film well uh, for at least the first two-thirds or so. But that that atmosphere is immediately shattered when the characters leave the bunker, and CGI VFX artists take over.
1: <laughs> I did like some of the shots of them just like wandering through the, you know, like wasteland or whatever. But a lot of them were bad. There's some of them that were okay.
0: They looked like CGI fantasy scapes from someone's like digital portfolio, uh, like circa 2003 or something.
1: Yeah. Well, I thought I thought all the designs of the like shitty machines or whatever, like the. You know, the obviously Control-C, Control-V, uh, <laughs> uh, like, bunkers or whatever looked like garbage, but... Uh, I yeah, think the bunkers are uh, terrible. I think that... I think some of the shots of them, like, just wonder if the waste looked okay.
0: Um, and, yeah, there's, there's, there's literally a bunch of CGI alternatives to the central mother robot, and the fact that you've set up the mother robot using a practical effect and then tried to carry off a, a CGI effect just makes them stand out even more than the average... CGI rendering does. Yeah, I mean, and it, again, it feels like what it is. So aside from the fact that it's a Netflix prestige sci-fi film, and we know what we're getting with those anyway, we have a fairly green director. Yeah. Um, a fairly green screenwriter, presumably as well. This this does feel like someone's first option or something, and I mean,
1: it feels like it. it feels like a, a shitty short film that you'd watch on the internet, you know. Yeah. But expanded to full length for some reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's bland.
1: Not good Yeah It just felt Sort of like um, You know Like some oats But without anything
0: in them At all They're a little too watery You know I like oats With nothing in them In in the sense that I like Very traditional porridge With water and salt That's your problem So I would I would happily Eat this movie up If it was the equivalent Of a delicious Steel cut oats Porridge But it is not It is not It's like It's just the oats Dry Uncooked tofu
1: Yeah, not a good movie. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, not a good movie. And yet yet a film that has a 91% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it really? It does indeed. Goodness. With 58... No, wait, sorry. 58 total reviews, which means, like, about 50 or so positive ones. Just proving that, uh, time and time again, that except for the podcast that you're currently listening to, film criticism is dead.
0: <laughs> we are the last bastion. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Well, what did you think about sort of the way, it, I don't know, it kind of invoked, like...
0: A better film and then wasn't that film? No.
1: I meant, like, politically. Because, like, there's, there's sort
0: of, like, you
1: know, the, the, there's two sort of belief systems that are uh, in conflict here, right? Mm. Mother and then this woman... So obviously the woman embodies that, like this self sufficient, like conservative ideal, right? Of like not trusting anyone and just being like, you know, completely individualistic and self sustaining, right? hmm But the world that mother is trying to create is one that is obviously better than the world that this woman suggests, you know? The fact that they like sort of tar it with this like really creepy brush makes it feel like I, I don't know I just it just it just felt kind of incoherent I guess.
0: But I guess if you could say Hillary Swank is representing humanity refusing to succumb to this yeah. tyrannical force, despite the fact that they will have to live in horrendous conditions and uh, deal with this horrible apocalyptic landscape of evil robots, etc. So that's like a, it, it's touting the human spirit. Yeah. Defying the odds in those scenarios just to be human and not having to succumb to this. Yeah. Whereas the mother's uh, d- ultimate design for humanity, however positive the end result will be, involves... Uh, we we, sh- we haven't said this yet, but one of the discoveries that uh, Clara's character makes in this film is that she is not the first... <laughs> yeah, Clara's character. <laughs>
1: You're in a first name basis with her.
0: Yes. Okay, just so want to make sure. Mrs Miss Miss Rugard's character. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she uh, she discovers that mother had previously raised uh, children before her and yeah. they hadn't worked out so great, so she <laughs> so the, the robot incinerated them. So that I mean that is the, the, the central issue is that yeah. however much the robot is uh, has its heart in the right place, even
1: though it doesn't have a heart. To to me, that sort of is like reflecting this very conservative notion of like you know, the the cost of making things better are not worth the
0: ultimate sacrifices to whatever vague notion of humanity you have, right? Well, some costs, surely that is that is the case, though. Yeah. Surely, if if the only way you could save the human race was... I don't know, I guess that's true.
1: I, I, feel, like we, I feel like we've had
0: this discussion before. Yeah. <laughs> this is such an interesting film that it's brought up these yeah, more questions. Exactly. That,
1: the, this philosophical <laughs> debate where you take the position of the genocidal
0: mother... So I wasn't taking that position. <laughs> I think you were. I was I was saying that Oh, wait, that, sorry. I was I was taking the position of the genocidal. You were taking right. that position, yeah. You were saying But the I'm costumes. I'm
1: saying that the dichotomy that it makes is completely fucking stupid.
0: But like it's not only the fact that she is like trying out different embryos until she gets it right. They also wiped out the entirety of humanity in the first place, right? Yeah. That was the plan. <laughs> yeah. So you couldn't say that justifies the cost of potentially having a better humanity in round two. That's Thanos' plan.
1: But I, well, that was not.
0: <laughs> Yes, it is.
1: No, Thanos only wiped out half of humanity. No, I guess it was his ultimate, I guess, of, was ultimate, end of, I guess like that was his end game.
0: Yeah, at the end of end game, that was what he just turned his plan into when yeah. the first one didn't work so well. Fine. Oh, well, that didn't work. Well, I'll just kill everybody and start again. <laughs>
1: so mother
0: is Thanos yeah <laughs> <laughs> maybe he tried killing half the people beforehand and that
1: didn't work anyway I'm just saying that maybe we should kill everyone and then try to restart humanity how does <laughs> that sound yeah optimal. fair enough let's do it
0: <laughs> and they the only culture they get to listen to is this podcast
1: <laughs> her exam is just the great philosophers Hunter Sawyer and Hugh Hamilton <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, shall we move on?
0: Let's move on. Okay.
1: To Wings. Wings. First on the docket for a limited run Larissa Shepetko series is Wings. Shapetko's debut feature. Oh yeah, we should set up we're doing this as a series, yes. Oh yeah. We're only gonna do the two films that are available on the Criteria channels. Which is Which is half her entire output. Yeah. Because she only directed four films before she had an untimely demise. Yeah. First on the docket for a limited run, where is the Shepetko series is Wings. Shapetko's debut feature. Wings is an astute psychological study of Nadia played by uh, Maya <laughs> Kova, a former airwoman and war hero, turned headmistress, come local party functionary. Nadia's doldrum of everyday existence, which includes students who seem to loathe her, a semi estranged adopted daughter who married a much older man, and the dullness of a bureaucratic profession, is interrupted by periodic returns to our wartime experiences of flight. But starts as a semi-routine psychological portrait eventually morphs to something more full-bodied and engaging, especially after the source of Nadia's fixation on these fragments of an airborne past is revealed. A memory play of penetrating social and psychological insight. The question is, Hugh, did wings take flight for you? Were the film's icy pace and non-narrative structure off-putting enough to keep this one in the hangar? <laughs> was that, was that good? <laughs>
0: Perfect. Except, except, I do object to the fact that you used a lot of superlatives in your neutral. It's supposed to be neutral <laughs> yes, synopsis I'm, I'm
1: sorry. I was just. That's just. I just wanted re- to re- write this as, qu- as quickly as possible.
0: <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I, oh. I i i i i i i i i i
0: i i i i i i to i i i i what? i Female director. <laughs> you gotta be You want Yeah. <clears throat> no. I'll say that again. I, 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 I. So I had some problems with this film. Mm. And the, the main problem was that I loved it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but I wish I, but I had, me I had no it, problems with but this Tell one. me what you really think.
0: Uh, yeah, I, 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 my life. <laughs> 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 oh. All right, I, 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 you ready? Mother, Ooh. do you think
1: Wings. Of
0: no, so I actually did... Uh, I actually did hate... No, not true. <laughs> you ready? You just give it to me you straight.
1: Just, give it to me right, straight. Fine. I'll give it to you neat. Okay, give it to me neat. No ice.
0: Yes. Uh, Let's see our a podcast from now on. Neat, no ice. Uh, I really, really, really like this, actually. Hmm. I thought it was... Uh, beautiful, Uh if if I may be so bold. No, you may not. Sorry. Uh, deeply humanistic, moving, Mm. um, this sort of melancholy character study anchored by an astonishing performance by Maya Bulgakova. I really liked the black and white photography. Mm. And more than that, I thought the staging and shot composition was great. And, Shapico demonstrates an appreciation of faces that actually recalled in spots Barry Jenkins' re- recent work to me. Hmm. Interesting. And I think it's quite remarkable for her first film, especially. Hmm. We will say that she did make a, f- I think it was a feature length film as part of her film school graduation project before yeah. this. Well. But this is like her first proper feature. <laughs> this is her first real film. And uh, she was only in her 20s at the time. Mm. and uh, this seems like the work of a more mature filmmaker. Yeah, for sure. This is kind of similar to some of the Japanese films we've looked at, but this is like a post-war society, and we've got that generational difference of the generation who came up through the war, or were actually involved in the war, as in this case. Yeah. And the new generation... Uh, emerging and the the disconnect between them which is em- which is um embodied here in the fact that she's teaching these young students one of whom at least openly despises her mm-hmm. and um at the same time she's she's uh yearning for her lost youth and the past and that freedom uh-huh. and the way that age is carrying her away from those treasured moments i don't know yeah i just really thought this came together very succinctly and very movingly. Um, and I also like to go back on the point I was just talking about with the the kid in her class who she has uh, a conflict with. Uh, so early in the film, she has an issue with this young boy mm-hmm. and she ends up expelling him. And he, 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 he goes truant and uh, gets into mischief. Yeah. And then eventually he returns. And there's a moment where you think there's going to be some sort of reconciliation or at least mutual understanding between the pair. And she's clearly had something of a change of heart yeah. uh, when she's gone out to look for him and she's really relieved when he returns. Um, and and maybe the boy has changed somewhat too. I mean, he's apologising, albeit reluctantly, but at least he's apologising and he's, he's fronting up to what he did. Yeah. Um, but then when she questions his sincerity... And asks why he's so a- arrogant. All he says to her uh, is, "I despise you," and walks off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Pretty alpha move. I thought that was that was a, a a very astute moment. Yes, I agree. But yeah, I I had no issues with this whatsoever. Mm. I th- I would actually call this a masterpiece without hesitation. I don't think I would do that, but I also quite enjoyed it.
1: I did. I did find the opening. Uh, maybe 30 minutes to be kind of unengaging,
0: to be honest. I know what you mean, but I thought that kind of worked because it, it was like at the start, you're like, I don't know, when you're watching uh, an old foreign film, Yeah, there is like always something of a barrier to entry. Yeah, for sure. Um, And initially you're like, I don't know if I'm going to get into this. Yeah. But I enjoy how it, how it unfolded from the beginning because the, the beginning you don't really know where you are. Mm. And whether you're going to connect to these people from a very different society to what we've experienced. And, you know, where and the way that humanity is revealed over the course of the film, I, I found really rewarding. So I think this the start actually helps that process.
1: Yeah, I suppose so.
0: I regret not going to the uh, screening of everything she ever filmed because uh, <laughs> it was too cold. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you'll never see those other films ever again. Yeah, I thought the there there's sort of two sequences that I really thought were uh, incredibly well done. Um, which is, I really like the way that the flashbacks are filmed a lot. Mm, Me too. Um, especially, I like it first, where it's just sort of like this. It's a, it's like a, you know, to to use like a sort of stereotypical description. It's very like a sort of Proustian like burst of memory. That you don't really, you can't really identify what it is. The sources they sort of build over the course of the film to understand more exactly like why uh, you know these specific like fragments of, of flying are so important to her and why they would intrude upon like her life and why they'd be so definitive for her character too. Um, and I think this film has a lot of like really gorgeous aerial photography in
0: general. It does, yeah. And the the sequence in which they show the uh, accident that claims the life of her <laughs> young lover accident. <laughs> Well, the wartime yeah, the, <laughs> the, the conflict. said <laughs> the, yeah.
1: the It was like, oh, no, his engine blew out accidentally. He was, like, shot down by a Nazi, you know? So <laughs> maybe you mean that it's an accident because you're a Nazi
0: apologist. Is that a, is That's that right, a, yeah. Okay. Um, but that was so well yeah, so it was. Well, uh, realized. Yeah, You just like, It's cause pretty it, incredible. Because it's presumably pretty close to actually doing it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I really like the sequence where she like flies over and there's just all these like random soldiers on the ground and it's like wow, you could really just looks cause you know like today if they feel that it'd be a bunch of like CGI people or whatever. Yeah. You know? It's a, it's I always get in it's like I mean, it, you know, it's not really I guess it's not really a fair thing to be excited about in a film because it's just like, you know, that's what that's what you had to do if you're making a movie like this, you know. But I, I think the way that the it's shot is really I don't know, it feels like war time photography in a lot of ways least that one the one sequence where it, like flies over
0: there's definitely a thread of realism in in her uh, approach yeah but also like counterbalanced by the poetic as well
1: yeah for sure um uh, and then the other sequence that really i really responded to was the bit where she starts singing with the cafe
0: owner mm. which i thought mm. was like
1: really just masterfully done to this is, like wonderfully exuberant sort of thing
0: and then it ends in like great that great moment where they notice all the men yeah. <laughs> corking yeah. This tableau of like uh rustic Soviet figures at the window. Yeah, yeah. What did you, What did you think about the ending? I like the ending. Mm. Uh, good so, ending. Hey, what did yeah. you think of the
1: ending? This is a good ending.
0: <laughs> I really like the one where she's like, "Well, did I actually die in the war?" um but like i to go back to the ending and say something more about mm. it, the um i like the fact that it's like a note of hope even though yeah her life hasn't like got better per se like she's gonna have to land that plane yeah well i was really uncertain if if she was gonna kill herself or not yeah or, or yeah we don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> yes yeah. like but it's not like it's not like a it feels really ambiguous to me actually yeah, it's not like a new future. Like now, no. she's going to be a pilot again or something. No, it's no. just that she's she's take she's seized on that moment of um, freedom.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's a moment that is also like something that's so encoded in her past, you know. Mm. Too. So I think, I, yeah, it feels very ambiguous to me.
0: I actually was. It actually reminded me a little the 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 constant uh, cutaways to um, the freedom of flight it reminded me mm. a little bit of Brazil, actually.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I reminded <laughs> me of that too. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Gillum saw this before he made that.
0: I also like the fact that when they show uh, one of the flashbacks where it's not just the clouds, it's actually a POV shot. Yeah, that is interesting. It kind of reminded me of uh, Mirror, actually. I'm assuming that might have been... Yeah, Mirror does that. But I'm assuming that might have been done before. But it's rare enough in flashbacks, yet so logical for a flashback, that it's quite... Interesting.
1: I think. I Man, I guess it depends on what sort of film you're making. Mm. But one that's so it's so concerned with the its characters' uh, uh, interiority, as this yeah, is this? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it was it was it was good stuff. i I'd be interested to see if what her next one, the uh, holds? Which which is it, What is it called? The Ascent? Is that right? The Ascent. Yes, I've heard that one is uh, even better. So,
0: yeah, I was very very impressed by this. Good stuff. It it, had, it almost had a Japanese feel to me as well. Mm. Like, not dissimilar to the type of humanism that you see in Ozu and stuff.
1: Yeah, I guess I can, and I, I feel like this sort of the theme of, uh, you know, the family outgrowing her to a bit is kind of Ozu-ish, too.
0: Yeah. So this was this was somewhat controversial in the Soviet era, because it, it showed a disunion between the mother and the daughter was one of the things that they, um or the conflict between the mother and daughter was one of the things they objected to. But this also does seem to undercut that, that kind of propaganda as well. Like the, yeah, it does.
1: But just, it's just including like the, the fact that like the soldier sort of dies, the, the soldier that she's a narrative sort of dies ignominiously. Mm. It's not like some like great sacrifice that he's making. He just gets shot down, you know?
0: And, um, when the daughter implores her to like get remarried, yeah, she she defends, like, the, the working ethic of, like, no, I, I, I've I sacrificed myself for, yeah. for other people and, and that it's the best thing I can do and you should envy me, blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> and then, obviously, she doesn't believe it by the end. Yeah. It hasn't, like, uh, alleviated her yearning for the past. or And, indeed, she then asks um, that dude to marry her. Uh, box office? Box office, hurray. Box office hooray, box office hooray, box office array. Okay, the weekend box office for June 20 to 23rd uh, for both Australia and the United States of America on the count of three, three, two, one. Toys on Toy Bonus features. Bonus features.
1: Right, I watched a film called Donkey Skin or Pou-de-on. Pou-de-on. Yep, exactly uh, Which is a Jacques Tami Version of this uh, It's a very sumptuous uh, Design Really uh, draws up the Creepy factor of, of a fairy tale Especially this one which is all about incest And, and It's very good and strange And I really, really liked it a lot and It reminded me of an uh, Angela Carter story Hmm. That's all I gotta say about that. That's it. Cool. What? What? What the fuck have you been putting through your brain this week?
0: Uh, I watched the film Colossal.
1: Hmm. Was it a colossal waste of time? <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> no, that's a shame. It's it's one of those. Okay, like I, I heard some good. It was like one of those under the radar films. So yeah, I got some positive notices. I think. I got some positive notices and I heard some good word of mouth about it. So I decided to bother watching it. It has like a goofy premise and I was like, I wonder if they can pull this off. And essentially it's that Um, Anne Hathaway somehow uh, controls this giant monster in Seoul that is tormenting the city. And uh, it, it seems to be like in conception, like this manifestation of her alcoholism because she normally wakes up drunk in this Playground, and then her movements correspond to this evil uh, monster in song. Um, but it's one of those things where it's one of those cute premises, that, that modern kind of quirky uh, post-Kaufman kind of premises. And that is exactly the type of film that uh, Anne Hathaway was looking for when she signed on to this, it was like a being John Malkovich type thing apparently.
1: It was It was being John Godzilla.
0: Yes. And uh, it, this is one of those films where they go, okay, we've got this cute idea at the center of it. What what can we do with that? And the answer is, you know, I don't know. Let's try a few things and then just end it. Mm. It's just it's not good. It just it just completely you, wastes.
1: Isn't the film feminist?
0: No. It's directed by Taco Jones. <laughs> that's that's racist. <laughs> His name is Taco No it's not Oh it's something like that It's Nacho the Galando Nacho come on Nacho and Taco That's not that racist to mix up those
1: <laughs> Okay Nacho is a
0: foodstuff Taco is a foodstuff From the same nope. broad area nope. He's from Spain No I mean the foodstuffs are from the same broad area I don't think so Nachos and tacos okay. yeah. So it's not even racist because he's Spanish He's not ethnically Mexican <laughs> So, so I also watched the film Varda by Agnes 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 um, Which is Agnes Varda's final film Oh And it kind of functions as an Agnes Varda primer Because she runs through her entire catalogue Mm most of it
1: not that just some more from the beaches of agnes It sounds like that
0: yes the Beach of agnes which is also summarized in this film as well <laughs> that's funny but she's you know she was she was getting on there in age when she made it so this is structured around like a performance that she gave on stage in which she showed clips from her films or at least that's the conceit of the film i don't know if it was an actual performance um but there is an audience there and uh, the way this was contextualised by the person introducing the film was that since she has been marginalised in favour of her contemporaries uh, of the French New Wave by film historians, mm-hmm. she felt the need to take it upon herself to uh, assert her place. And uh, that, was, that was why she made films like The Beaches of Agnes in this film. Yeah. It does feel a little bit indulgent, but I guess from that context, it makes sense. Um, And it is enjoyable, but I don't know if it it ends up being that satisfying in its own right. Uh But it's kind of a fitting note to go out on to summarize your entire catalogue.
1: Have you seen The Beaches of Agnes?
0: No. Mm,
1: It's a great film.
0: I'm interested in seeing that. That looked more interesting than this one from the clips of it in this one.
1: Great. You should watch all of of her later films.
0: And then I watched uh, Joan Didion, The Center Will Not Hold... Directed by After Hours' own Griffin Dunn, Mm. who is her nephew.
1: Why did you watch that?
0: Uh, I was just curious about Joan Didion. I've never
1: read anything that she's made.
0: Me either. And um, maybe this film doesn't work in that particular context, because it doesn't really sell her particularly well. Mm, It's for the converted. Yeah. It's not a great documentary. Moderately interesting, but not great. And then I finally watched uh, Da Pennybacker's "Don't Look Now," by which I mean Nicholas Rogue's "Don't Look Now." "Don't Look Now" is uh, good stuff.
1: <clears throat> Please tell me a little bit about it.
0: That's uh, so Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. <laughs> I
1: really didn't this is as long as possible you, so you're just like falling apart.
0: Um, like like the narrative of "Don't Look Now," mm. but I, I enjoy the way that Nicholas Rogue fragments time and space Mm. it doesn't always work for me like i wasn't i was a little bit lukewarm on the man who fell to work i don't love that Um, and sometimes his style can have that effect like it's so fragmented and all over the place that nothing really sinks in but i think don't look now is more successful at sustaining a certain mood and feeling that keeps everything together do you want me to read you some Garfield strips?
1: Yeah, please. You have to describe the... Or no, just read the text. And don't read the... Uh, like, don't describe uh, the surrounding team.
0: But do three and then, is, then I'm going to die. This is from the volume Garfield Worldwide, his 15th book. And on the cover, he is pictured with a uh, world globe as his stomach. Uh-huh. And, and he has a thought bubble that says your hemisphere, your hemisphere, or mine. And you know how w- the way they render his speech is as a thought bubble. Mm-hmm. That deprives him as, of an interior life, or at least a distinction between an interior life and his exterior life. Because sure. presumably he's always talking out loud. Yeah. But then how do you know when he's just thinking something from his perspective? It's a great question. Huh? Good one. Okay, so let's start. <sighs>
1: That's the noise of sleeping. No, no, no noises. Just just spoken dialogue. Just spoken dialogue. And thought, what are sound effects and that are written out? Okay, that's
0: fine. Crash, dunk, whap. The Monday paper. Is that it? Next. <laughs> okay. <That's> it.
1: <laughs> Why, this hello like, Garfield. This is like futurist poetry so far. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why, hello Garfield. Where have you been all day? Per Under your car. Creepy <laughs> Stomp Push Pump That's next one Garfield, you're not going to believe this I was in a bakery today buying a cake When three midgets in a grill costume Raced in, set the place on fire And ran out with the cash register Wow Come on John, don't spare the details Chocolate or vanilla frosting
1: um, <laughs> this is going to be <laughs> the best episode for you to edit, you realize. Yes. <laughs>
0: well, I can just stop, like, when we stop talking about the bonus features.
1: <laughs> you have to keep it the, like, this card bit.
0: Today, I will demonstrate deep knee cricks. This is one I'm sure just about all of you can do. Crick, crick. Sigh. Anybody can exercise, but this kind of lethargy takes real discipline. This is the greatest experience I've had in my entire life. Sloop, Sploosh. I assume there's a reason for this. I'd like to get your assessment of the possibility of blueberry pancakes for breakfast. I'm ready this time. Come on, Monday. Do your worst. Garfield, we're going to see the vet today. Ah! Tell me something, Doc. Why is it every time I bring a houseplant home, Garfield eats it? Given the shape he's in, it's one of the few things in his diet that, can outrun, that can't outrun him. She's a funny lady. Give me one good reason why you won't go out with me, Doc. You're obnoxious, pushy, wishy-washy, slow-witted and boring. Oh yeah? Well give me a second reason. <laughs> Just what would I have to do to get you to go out with me, Doc? Stand on your head and scream like a chicken for starters. <laughs>
1: drunk <laughs> your, <laughs> drunk <laughs> your coffee and. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dignity is not in this man's vocabulary. <laughs> Look, John, my boyfriend wouldn't like it if he knew you were trying to ask me out. Oh, yeah? What's his name? Nick the Mainglass Scarlotti. Ooh, I'm impressed. I am impressed. <laughs> How old is your cat, Mr. Arbuckle? He's eight. Really? He doesn't look that old. He shouldn't. He's only been awake for about two of those years. Is it any wonder why I hate him? I only have to get a little kitty shot, but you have to get a dog shot. <laughs> the dog shot needles are this long and real thick.
1: If, okay, what if I, if I took my headphones off and stopped talking? How long do you think you would, like, go on <laughs> until you hit the call? <laughs>
0: You're not doing that buddy
1: No I'm not Next What, what if I did do that
0: I'm like, It's too horrific to imagine Okay let's do the dog shot first
1: I bet you'd go on Until the end of the book
0: There that wasn't bad was it Now for the kitty shot Inside I'm screaming Sigh I don't think I could bear to see Odie pushed off the table today Therefore Push And now A word from our sponsor we guarantee in writing that if you buy our products, we will make more money than you do. Refreshingly direct.
1: Wow, that's some—that's some—that's a some pretty uh, edgy <laughs> attitude for a to to
0: Let's see. We have everything for the beach except a beach ball. Hey Garfield, bring me something we can kick around in the surf. Without even looking around, I know I should have rephrased that. Make yourself useful Garfield Here's an air mattress and an instruction sheet Unroll and lay flat I can handle that
1: I don't understand Why does John have like conversations with Garfield? Because he's crazy?
0: Yes That's why Garfield without Garfield was so uh,
1: effective.
0: Remember he's Garfield There is Jeff. no greater failing than apathy So what? Garfield you're a pearl Why well, thank you John And do you know know how pearls are formed in oysters? How's that? Through constant irritation. John must not be happy with me. Okay, Odie, let's see if you're worthy of being the Caped Avengers high-performance mode of transportation. Faster, faster, stop! Seatbelt. The Caped Avengers needs a seatbelt. Go, go, go. Garfield, that monster shark just ate Tokyo. Why are you cheering for it? Anything that eats everything can't be all bad. And what are you supposed to be? Another hapless bather falls prey to the tiger shark. The cunning tiger shark, the world's most efficient eating machine with the world's most voracious appetite, spires a helpless feast. Feeding frenzy, yuck, anchovies. I suppose you think you look like a shark. You got it, Buster. Well, you didn't, You don't look anything like a shark. Oh, yeah? Well, just wait until my fin comes back from the cleaners. Chomp, munch, gulp. A just Garfion when you thought it was safe to, to the have the... breakfast. What? Garfield took me to the cleaners? Yes, he took his fin to the cleaners. Chomp, munch, gulp. Just when you thought it was safe to have breakfast. As the shark approaches his prey, he senses something amiss. Oh yeah, water sharks need water. Self-indulgence. There's a message in those great words. If you don't indulge yourself, nobody will. Pump. Business lunch. Uh... Hey Garfield, do you know what time it is? Lunch time. It's time for fun with static electricity. This man is a laugh riot. Here it comes. It's slowing down. John, you're so insecure. I hope not. Look at that, Garfield. A whole bus stop just for me. You're a heavyweight, all right. All right, all right. I'll get your breakfast. Cracked like an egg. Garfield, why can't you catch mice like other cats? Sorry. I always like to give him a second to retract his stupid statements before I hurt him.
1: oh. oh.
0: Odie needs something to occupy his time This television should shut him up Good morning Garfield I hate Monday morning pep talks Aha gotcha It's just time for your flea spray Now don't give me any trouble Just sit there You
1: should do a channel that's
0: Garfield ASMR That's my boy. (laughs) Okay mouse I know you're behind that box. Come out with your hands Okay, I'm done. This is it. (laughs) Jesus. Man, you just can't commit. (laughs) I would have gone to the end of the book.
1: I know. You would have kept on going for days and days. Yes, I would have. But I have to... It's the difference between you and me. I have to do things tomorrow and you don't, so...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where are your priorities?
1: (sighs) Yeah, my priority should be listening to you read Garfield. <laughs> and then you James. have to call
0: up your workplace and say I can't come into work because well, I'm listening I'm to this heat, Australian guy read Garfield to me over the internet.
1: <laughs> uh, who do you think would die first from? Because I've eaten more recently than you have. So. Well, we can't you. take any breaks. I yeah. have to
0: stay in in the spot. Yeah. Mm.
1: Until. We both die.
0: It'd be who has less body fat as well.
1: Mm. So probably you, because you're smaller.
0: But doesn't doesn't it work proportionally?
1: I guess so, because my t- metabolism is probably higher than yours is. Mm. So maybe I would die first. Well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> 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 Okay, well, uh, Isn't goodbye. this great, Garth? we have a whole day <laughs> of fishing ahead of us. I'll get in the, the stop record
0: button.
1: Oh,